You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. My name is Jared Book. And we continue our look at the Montreal Canadiens rivals in the Atlantic Division. And we will go now to the Florida Panthers. Joining me today uh, to talk about the Panthers is Erin Brown from the Hockey News. You can follow her at at Rinkside, which is a a great easy handle, by the way, for for a hockey writer, I think. Um, (laughs) Erin's joining us. Erin, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. And look, from an outsider's perspective, the Florida Panthers are coming off a year where they won the president's trophy. They could have easily just kind of run it back, say, listen, you know, that our exit against Tampa was not who we are. We're going to try and do this again. And what they did is they changed their head coach. <laughs> they <laughs> traded one of their, their, their top scorers and one of their top defenders and really, I guess, put a, a level of risk on this season, a gamble on this season that they then didn't really have to do from the outside. It, how how does how does the the, the fan base how, how do people perceive what what the Panthers have done this this offseason? I I think there's um I think stunned is probably a good <laughs> word. <laughs> um in in the sense that one after after last regular season, uh there's there's never been a team that has played to that level in South Florida. They're they're going to be 30 years old next next season. That's the best team that has ever played um even the team that went to the stanley cup in 96 did not have the level of talent did not have the level of success that last year's team did so so when you get barely through that first round um that was that was a teeth gritting kind of situation (laughs) where people said what's going on here um they managed to get through it but then you you run into tampa and and i think that tampa we can probably say is as close to a dynasty as you can get without having won that third cup. Um, you know, then they get steamrolled by Tampa. Um, I, re- I remember last year in the the exit interviews, they all just, they looked stunned. They, they reflected that they were stunned by what happened. Um, and then going into the off season, uh, they were very severely pressed up against the cap. They're um, the thing that is just weighing on them like an anchor this year is uh, the, the buyout of Keith Yandel's contract. Uh, right now, I think they have six and a half million in dead cap space, and that's between Yandel's, I believe, about five million in in dead cap weight. And then uh, they bought out Scott Darling, I think, a couple seasons ago to basically free up their goaltending contracts, be able to bring in Sergei Bobrovsky. So right now, they are just dealing with very little flexibility to make any sort of moves that they can. Uh, to, to build on they could not do anything in free agent free agency was a massive downer because they couldn't resign Giroux they couldn't resign Marchment um, they're still cap strapped <laughs> they still I think have almost two and a half million dollars of you know over the cap that they need to figure out how to deal with um, so so the free agency was a, a dead period they had traded all all of their top picks away they won't have a first round pick i think till 2025 or 2026 we're losing track at this point they didn't have a second round pick this year so the draft was a dud too because you can't get excited about 
you know, a stud <laughs> prospect. So it's just, it has been a, 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 for as great as last year was in that regular season, this is a painful, painful hangover. <laughs> and they're going to have to, they're just going to have to tough it out this, this season, which, you know what, maybe a good thing in the long run. Um, I think that that's, uh, that's part of what happened in the playoffs that, you know, they just cruised through that regular season with so much ease. I mean, the fact that they, you know, were averaging almost four goals a game. Um, it just, it was almost too easy. And the moment they had to toughen up, um, it just wasn't there. Um, not to say that they can't learn how to do that, but I, I think they're going to have to be put in that situation. Um, you know, they, they just, they have to work with the assets they have. They really don't have much room for um, bringing in big guns at the trade deadline. Um, they're going to be without Anthony Duclair for the start of the season. He had 30 goals last year. So there's a lot that is just going to be rough for them this year. Um, I don't, I don't expect, I don't expect big things from them this year. I, I'm actually putting my money. If, I, if I'm betting on the Panthers, I'm betting on on the next season. I, I really am. I think next season is is um is where to start looking forward to because this season's going to be a, a gutted out um and a, a, yeah a gutted out situation. Uh, they they are really going to have to figure out how to just make it work, and it's not going to be anything like last year. That's my <laughs> prediction, at least. Well. I'll, I'll tell you what the, the Montreal Canadiens fans listening to this, who uh, you know have the Florida Panthers first round pick, uh, are probably you know hoping for a, a little bit of a uh, a downturn uh, from from where they were a year ago. But is there a lot of pressure, I guess, on, on Matthew Kachuk? Because I mean, Jonathan Huberto was a staple of of the Panthers, right? It, you know, when absolutely when you think of the Panthers, it was basically him and Barkov, right? Th- those are the two that mm-hmm. were um you know kind of the, the leaders of this team. Is, is there pressure on on him specifically to come in and and kind of fill those shoes? I think it's um it's unique. I don't I don't yeah. think he's I don't I don't think you can easily replace Huberto in the sense of just the fact that he was the franchise, he, he became the franchise leader in a number of categories last year. He was the longest tenured Panther. He had been here. He was drafted in 2011 and Barkov was two years later. So, so he really was not picking on him for being old, but he was, he was the old man in the room. And um, I don't think it's fair to expect Kachuk to have that same role. He was, he's five years younger mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be very similar in terms of their output. I think Kachuk will be better for Florida in the sense that he's more of a goal scorer as opposed to uh, Uberto, who is the playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he brings more toughness than Huberto did. And not, not to, I'm not knocking on Huberto because yeah. Huberto was a guy who I think played bigger um, size wise than he really was. Um, lots of credit to him. So I think, Calgary is going to, he's not going to be a Matthew Kachuk, but Calgary got a, a great talent <laughs> in Uberdo. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's really the case. I think okay. um, I, 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 I just think it's an impossible role to, to fill, but I think mm-hmm. in, in, you know, overall, um, even in terms of, you know, leadership. Um, but I think that, you know, Kachuk will be just fine. I think Kachuk's going to bring a new attitude, a new dimension, um, I think in 
in a story. I just, I just wrote about him for the hockey news. Um, one of the things I point out is that he's going to bring that kind of like big brother mentality that like we've seen with just him and, and Brady. Um, I think he's going to bring that kind of attitude to the cats locker room. And that's going to be really important for them to try to plow past, like, let's say big brother, Tampa Bay. Right. I I think that's going to be helpful. So, so it's, I don't really think he's filling the shoes exactly. He is going to be in a very different, a different role. Um, but I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to thrive in South Florida. His attitude is just made for this market. People are going to love him. Um, he's brash. He speaks out. He's got swagger. People love that down here. So, <laughs> so I think it'll, it'll be a, a, a positive mood, but, or a, a positive, um, yeah, a positive move for yeah. them. But I think that, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to to not see Uberdo in the lineup. There, there were some people who messaged me who are like, I'm crying now. I'm really sad that he's gone. I think there's a little, there's still that stunned feeling. But at the same time, Uberdo, or I'm sorry, um, Kachuk's, he's here for eight years. He signed an <laughs> eight-year deal. It's financially slightly better uh, for for the Panthers. He He's going to make a little bit less than what Uberdo signed for in Calgary. Um, and the other thing is he's five years younger and yeah. that's, that's going to be huge. So yeah, maybe they missed out some really perfect years in Uberto's prime, but now they're going to get Kachuk's prime. Um, and, and he's just starting that. Yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, taking the both things you said about, you know, them needing a little bit more fight in them. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is, is a guy, we say that about Brendan Gallagher in Montreal, where he just brings guys into the fight right like he's mm-hmm. if you're going into battle there's you know there's leaders and then there's there's fighters right and, and i don't mean fighting in the in the sense of dropping your gloves and, and going in there but people who would who set you up for a playoff series as opposed mm-hmm. to um you know just a leader in a room and i think that you know that that might be something that from from the outside perspective is something that you know you don't really notice uh, as much that was missing in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Panthers and and it's funny because it, it, it listen I it, I it's it's hard to get a perspective of all 30 32 teams in the league so it's really interesting yeah. to hear you talk about the Panthers as this kind of team that that's you know in transition and what 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 it seems to me is that is that Bill Zito is, is trying to kind of tra- you know set his team up for for success down the road and maybe taking uh, a step back to take you know two or three steps forward in in the future and uh, it, it's kind of an interesting perspective so I, I wouldn't have thought of that but it makes sense with Kachuk's age and the lack of you know first round picks um mm-hmm. in, in the foreseeable future that you kind of have to be creative to to get younger right yeah absolutely and, and I think that it's it's been kind of very clear since Zito came in and um you know, the, the first thing before he came in, the, the concern was like, and, and now you've got him. Uh, what, what, what happens with, with Matheson's contract? Yeah. He, he was just really struggling here. He had this massive contract. Everyone thought, how are you going to move this money or just this, the length of the contract to start making some adjustments that you need to, he managed to pull that off. He brought in Patrick Hornquist and, you know, everyone thinks at first, why are you doing this? He's an overpaid veteran. You've got, you're stuck with him for three years, but he's brought, I think his, his role on that team has been invaluable. 
Um, he is just one of those guys who's willing to do anything you need. And then the next steps I think Zito took in, in kind of getting rid of those picks or those prof prospects were to find the guys who were extremely talented but underperforming somewhere like he sees the the talent he knows these guys can perform so your sam bennett's your sam reinhardt's or anthony declares uh maybe in a situation with like carter verhage who wasn't maybe necessarily underperforming he just couldn't find um a, a top six role in tampa bay there was just mm -hmm. no way he was going to crack that lineup he gets uh first line minutes here in florida so so with Zito having these guys with immense talent, and I'm sure I'm leaving somewhere, someone off of this. These are just the guys coming uh, to the top of my head. But, you know, to bring those guys in to say, here, you know what, we're going to give you that opportunity. We know you're great. Go out and do what you do. Um, and, and pass on those prospects. Pass on those draft picks. Um, I, I think he is really yeah set themselves up for the future he's got a lot of those guy guys signed for multiple years so um i would double i would have to double check but the the core of guys who are there now in terms of the young guys they're going to be there for at least at least two more years um so i i think yes he very much has set up for the future to make some of those moves he had to do some very extreme things like buying out Keith Yandel's contract. I, I personally was not a huge fan of that. I thought there could have maybe been more pressure to put that streak on the line. I think Yandel would have maybe bent, you know, or, or just mm -hmm. find some, find a taker, find a taker, throw in a prospect. I think that might've been a little bit of the better move, but I'm not the one making the calls. I'm not the one making, uh, making the deals. So, um, yes, he's had to make some of these moves, but I think that the core that's in place um, very, very much can be a winner for for several years. Um, Barkov's in place. Ekblad's in place. Kachuk's in place. Uh, you've got Spencer Knight in place now. Uh, Bobrovsky's in place. So I know people are critical about what they're spending on goaltending, but there's there's clearly you can see the path moving forward is you know when bob's contracts up so is knights and that that i think puts florida in a situation to be able to have a smooth transition in that position at least um so yeah there's a lot of positive here but again when you have that cap hit, uh, the the dead cap space of 6 million 6 and a half million think of what could have been <laughs> bought with that right that's a you know maybe that is a Giroux contract maybe that is a marchment contract maybe that's just someone on the free agent market that can improve the team in an area they need they don't have access to that so um yeah they are in a very good place I, like i said i'm i'm not looking at this season i think this is a learning season for them i think they learn how to get tougher they learn how to how to say run the marathon, how you get through that regular season with a playoff spot, but not empty the tank. Um, I, I think that's, that's where they learn. I think they're a playoff team. I think they'll be fine. They'll get in the playoffs. I think they're better off being a two or three seed and to have to fight a little bit more for it than going in there with a president's trophy that kind of came to them very easily throughout the season and then go, now we don't know what to do. Now the playoffs are a different game. So yeah, they're 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 definitely setting themselves up for the future, um, but this year's just going to be a little painful. But that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
yeah and i mean when your floor is still playoff team <laughs> yeah, there, yeah there's only there's only so much pay you know uh speaking from somebody who, who had to watch last year's Montreal canadians um you know it's it's all it's all relative um, when it comes to that but uh no it's it, it definitely can look i i've said this to to pretty much everybody who's who's come on um it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch the atlantic division battle from oh, yeah uh, from a from below and just kind of look up and see what's happening um because it's i would not want to be a team that has you know, playoff aspirations or hopes, because I said this about the Canadian division a couple of years ago when, when they were going into co- that COVID season, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's going to be three or four teams that are going to be really disappointed of missing the playoffs. And, and I feel like that's going to be the case here. When you look at teams like, you know, Boston, Ottawa, they're mm-hmm. going to, if they, if they don't make the playoffs, they're going to be disappointed. And, and, you know, maybe teams like Buffalo and Detroit aren't there yet. But mm-hmm. it's it's getting to a point, and, and Montreal's rebuilding as well. When every team in that division is going to have playoff aspirations, and that's just not how things work. And, and it's going to be yeah, it's going to be very interesting because you do have these teams that you know, Florida, the Tampa's, the the Toronto's that are kind of set up for for long term, medium term success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the other teams coming through, and and Boston is is that team that's kind of you know last dance kind of kind of vibes around them as well. Yeah, so yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch, and yeah. And, you know, looking at the Panthers and, you know, the the big question for me when I look at that roster, especially with with Uyghur gone, is if, you know, Aaron Ekblad hasn't had the best uh, luck Mm -hmm. injury-wise, you know, in in the last few seasons. And is is this team kind of built to withstand uh, him being out? Like, is that something that they're... You know, is there that kind of second tier on that defense? Like, what, what, what's, how, how are, how do you, people look at at that defense situation and Ekblad specifically? The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki, 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 Loki! Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two now streaming only on Disney Plus. I I so with with Ekblad, yeah, I think it's it's absolutely bad luck that he he didn't have the same yeah. injury, but but you know he goes down at the same time, and you know it, the last two seasons, roughly around March, and you know the one the not last year, but the year before didn't he wasn't in the playoffs would he have made a difference in that series maybe <laughs> like we don't know right but um because because then, yeah. then people would look at what they did last year in tampa bay and say well he didn't do anything there so you know but i, I but mm-hmm. i think that that's the key that's the key for them is he has to stay healthy um i think that in the last two years uh a lot of the uh the responsibility that ekblad had really did fall to Uyghur. Uh, but it also kind of bled into um, kind of his pairing us- usually with Gustav Forsling, who is a, a really great pickup. He's just um, he's he's good responsibly. He's a great skater. Um, but is is he 
that next level. I think he's still in that development process. And, and I don't want to say development in terms of like a prospect, but in kind of making that next mm-hmm. jump as, as yeah. a veteran player in the way Uyghur had to when Ekblad went down the first time. So so that is that's a huge loss. That's I think something that they're still trying to fill. I don't really think that, you know, no disrespect to Mark Stahl. I think that he's a good pickup from the veteran perspective, but he's not going to be filling you know, Uyghurs skates by, by any stretch. Um, So I think that is, um, that, that is a big loss, but now it's just, you know, do do the Panthers take more of a, an approach of saying, yes, Ekblad's our guy. Ekblad's got to kind of shoulder a lot of the weight. He absolutely can. He's got the talent. He just needs to stay healthy Uh, for everybody else. I really think it's got to be that, you know, the defense by committee, everybody's got to do their, their part um whether they like it or not and um they, they don't get kind of that special how to say the special love ekblad does you know yeah. Brent, brandon montour i think he's he's in a good position to maybe you know take a jump he he's a player that they have liked well before zito ever arrived and actually acquired him um but i think that like he's not at that level yet so so i think he's actually a good person to keep an eye on it would be it'll be really interesting to see um you know if he gets more responsibility he's got to be top four at least Mm -hmm. in my book i think he's top four on this team so it'll be interesting to see how he um adapts to maybe more responsibility um he's he's been on the power play so far they they're tinkering with uh, a lot of power play stuff in the preseason so um so i think he might be in that position Forsling is in that position, um, but we're still trying to figure out, yeah, is is are these guys going to step up in, in the way Uyghur did the last mm-hmm. uh, the last two years without Ekblad? And you know, last year, um, you know the 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 switch from from Joel Quenville to Andrew Brunette while the team was was having the, the success they did yeah um you don't really see teams you know obviously the circumstances are, are what they are but you don't usually see teams that are succeeding um go through that that coaching staff do, do you given that and the offseason they had do you think that just getting through 82 games um will will benefit this team not only when they get, if they get to the playoffs, but but you know, like you say, down the road next season, the, the year after, do you think that just having that kind of okay, you know, this is the group, this is our our coach, this is how we're gonna go, and, and maybe not have that kind of you know the, the the trade deadline they had last year, bringing in those guys, the the Sherat, the the, mm-hmm. the Giroux, you know, it's it's to benefit the team obviously, but it still has an effect on you know, just chaos, right? Uh, when, yeah. when the guys get that go into the room. Do you think that having like a, a kind of easier 82 games might, might benefit this group? Um, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm seeing it as an easier, mm-hmm. an easier situation for them. I, I think it is a tougher situation because again, with the cap space, with yeah. having traded so many, you know, draft picks or, you know, prospect assets at this point, um there might be a couple left there i'm sure are going to be players that they try to develop in the the minors that then they say hey you know this this guy's doing pretty good you know strike while the iron's hot you know they might be able to do that but but the cupboard's bare in that that mm-hmm. regard and and i just i think at this point they can't go into this season thinking 
well, whatever we end up doing by the trade deadline, we'll be able to find a piece that's, you know, going to fix our problems in the way they thought, well, you know, let's, let's bring in Claude Giroux, you know, it's just going to make the, the forward lines deeper or Ben Girat, who's going to add a physicality uh, or more physicality to, to the defense. Um, they're just not going to have that this year. So whatever they end up doing, they are really going to have to do this as, you know, the group that they go into the season with. Yes, they'll get Anthony Declare back in at roughly by midseason, I would I would imagine. So it's almost like a trade deadline pickup. Um, but I, I think that that's um, I don't necessarily see that as being like easier for them. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be harder, but I think it's it's that kind of adversity that I think they need. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say last year going for all those pieces was a sign like, oh, we don't trust you. No, I, mm. I think they were absolutely, you know, building up to make a very, very deep run. I don't think there was any reason people thought they couldn't do that, especially with those additions. Um, but they were also uh, last year, I think toward the end of the season, they had, oh my goodness, I think it was a 13 game winning streak. And they had had a, a, at least a 10 game winning streak earlier in the season. And part of the concern that like we were discussing in the press boxes is were they streaking or they were they peaking way too early? You know, do they realize that you've won 13 straight? Now you've got to go in 16 out of it, you know, at least 28. Like, yeah. do they realize this? Are they hitting the gas too hard before they go into the playoffs? So I think actually to not have those reinforcements coming, or at least not at great cost, you're going to have to break up that core if you want to bring those reinforcements mm-hmm. in, or you're going to have to find that prospect who, you know, is that little piece of coal that d- develops into the diamond, right? Um, and they don't have, I think at this point, those kind of guys in the system, um, or if they do, they're very, very few of them. So I, I think it's actually going to be tougher, but again, I think that for the long term is a really good thing for them to know that, Hey, if we don't have reinforcements coming, if we can't fill in our gaps, we're just going to have to double down and do better. And I think that that's something that maybe they were lacking last year in the playoffs because last year was too easy, maybe. So I don't see it being an easy year for them, but I think it's going to be a a great, uh, a great experience to really prepare them in the way they need to be prepared for that, that postseason fight. Yeah. I mean, that's something you see a lot where, where teams that, you know, take their foot off the gas a little early because they have such a big gap uh, ends up get really hard, especially when you're not, you know, a Tampa that can just kind of, turn it on and mm-hmm. go back to those memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's hard to to kind of get that, you know, that, that foot on, on the gas. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the end of their season didn't really matter. And, and you know, mm-hmm. you just look at that Montreal game at the end of the season as an example yeah. of that. I think they played, you know, eight, 16 skaters, um, you know, two didn't play a shift in the entire game. You know, th- mm-hmm. th- those type of things are, are very hard to, and every team kind of does that, but you know, when that's the last, you know, maybe, week or a couple weeks of your season it's very hard to be like all right now we have to get ready for for the washington capitals and and kind of go from there right so it's it's um yeah maybe a little bit of a a more regular 82 game season will be beneficial um and and cause them to to have a little bit more uh success yeah 
And, and it's funny, you, you bring up Tampa, and I think after the Tampa series, um, some of Tampa players, Tampa's players were saying, you know, we know where they've been. We've, mm-hmm. we've won a President's yeah. Trophy, too. <laughs> you know, at least to Florida's credit, they win a President's Trophy. They don't get swept in the first round. But, you know, Tampa really, I think, highlighted perfectly. And I, I wish I remember who was the player who kind of brought this up to say, you know, we've been there. We know this experience of you know, plowing through a regular season and then, you know, kind of being embarrassed and, and, and we learn from that experience. And so that's, again, I think that the Panthers are, you know, in a very good position. I'm not saying they're going to have a bad year and then go, you know, win a ton of Stanley cups, like, you know, Tampa Bay did. <laughs> every team's different. Every, every scenario is unique. Um, but I think it's, it's just very much the, the truth of the situation, you know, um, mm-hmm. that, some t- you you've got to be a like an exceptional team i think you know you have to have that that deep playoff experience you have to have those um you know those times where yeah maybe you get to the conference final and you lose right you're so close we almost got there or you get to the final and we're so close we almost got there like you need that almost level of pain to know what it's going to take to to get there Tampa is full of that experience. And I think last, even, even Washington, Washington, when mm-hmm. they played them last year, had um, a good chunk of that experience from their cup run several years ago. It just, you know, they, Washington just had issues on, you know, for, <laughs> unfortunately for them. Right. Yeah. Um, but, it, but I think that that's just what's kind of been, been missing. You know, I think for a while it was maybe, you know, confidence, like, can we really do this? And, and the players, you know, have shown, yes, we're skilled players. We can do this. We have a great relationship with one another. It's a close room, but they just, they need that extra experience. And I think they'll get it this year. I think they have learned from last year. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more, how to say, just a, a very a steady season, right? Yeah. Like yeah. instead of having those 10 game winning streaks or those 13 game winning streaks where you're just blowing everyone out of the water you know i think it's maybe better that they pace themselves get like a three four game winning streak and then you know if things are getting too easy you know maybe you know you don't want to change things completely but maybe put more of a focus on okay let's let's not try to win by 10 nothing let's make (laughs) sure we maintain a two goal lead like whatever we do make sure that you know we can tighten our defense so much that no one's getting through us you know yeah, so, and, and that that's that's kind of a, a challenge you see with you know even teams like Toronto where you, the there's so much focus on on the forwards and the scoring mm-hmm. that when things tighten up it's can you get that goal or stop that goal when you need it most um, when it's not going to be a you know four four three game or 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 even three two game it might be a two one game uh, and and it, I think that that's yeah there's a lot to be said to learning how to how to win in the playoffs and, and a lot of really good teams have to go down hard before yeah. end up, you know, going to the top. And it, it's funny because you mentioned Washington and, and Tampa having that experience. Um, there was a, a tweet this morning uh, from, from Gord Miller, TSN, who said that, uh, you know, three of the last uh, few Stanley Cup champions, uh, Washington in 2017, Tampa in 2019 and Colorado last year, ended up winning the Stanley Cup the year after winning the President's Trophy. Um, and, and that just speaks to exactly what you're saying about learning how to go through that season 
uh, mm-hmm. and using it the, the next year. And I'm not saying that Florida is going to win a Stanley Cup this year, um, but but I think that there is something to be said about a, a core going through the mm-hmm. the kind of highs and lows in, in a season, and, and um, goes with what you're you're saying as well. Yeah, and and actually to even bring up like an example of you know from kind of years past, like it, I think Detroit is a is a perfect model in terms of like how you do it. You know, they they made the playoffs for. 20 plus years in a row you know and it wasn't by like yes they had the very very elite teams in the the late 90s that were stacked with you know future hall of famers i think there were like seven or eight hall of famers on that team well yeah that's a team you expect to you know do the damage that they're capable of right um but i think with you know with the years that they didn't have that level of elite talent on their squad and and even it was like aging at that point they they kind of knew hey you know we just have to get in the door we just have to get in the playoffs so yeah is a two seed or three seed or a four seed bad no not at all but you know is you know pushing the gas to um you know get a president's trophy or get a division title um, I, I get like why, you know, a team like Florida wants a lot of home games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there is that financial component too. Uh, you know, you want more playoff home games. You're going to sell out those games. You're going to get a lot of money for those games. I totally understand that. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, they need to just pace themselves. And so that's, that's why, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing if they say come in, seventh or eighth in the league. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's a bad thing if the Panthers end up, say, third in the division. Um, I think that's exactly where they want to be. You know, if it's – we've seen what happens when it's too easy, right? (laughs) It doesn't lead to success necessarily. And as much as these guys are talented, they are not the Hall of Fame uh, players that, say, like those Red Wings teams of the the late 90s had. They're just not that team maybe yet. Um, they're not even where Tampa is, where Tampa probably has some guys who are, you know, of deep consideration for when their careers are over, they will have, you know, a hall of fame ring. So, you know, there is that learning still going on. They're very close. Um, they just, I think the, the lesson they need to learn. And I, and I feel Maurice, Paul Maurice is putting this kind of message in that, like, we need to do the right things throughout don't make it don't make it easy when it does get easy let's make it a little bit harder on ourselves we know if we have to turn on you know the the goal scoring they are capable of doing that but it's going to benefit them a lot more to have those tighter games than i i just think of a game very early last season where they played carolina carolina is no slouch team um they played carolina they were up for nothing after the first period and it's the first one of the first games of the season. Carolina is not going to come out and try to, you know, just you know, they're they're you're kind of like dead in the water at that point, right? Yeah. Like, what do we? Right. How do we come back from four goals? We got forty <laughs> minutes. It's possible, but like, why are we going to do this in October? Like, it just it doesn't yeah. benefit them. Any. So, so yeah, it's it's a uh, the struggle will be good. <laughs> as much as people won't enjoy it, like last season, the struggle is a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I think there's there's you know there's plenty of examples uh, of that as well. Uh, Aaron, listen, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, have a have a good season again. That's Aaron Brown from the Hockey News at Rinkside on Twitter. Uh, have a good season. 
you you guys too it'll be a lot of fun montreal's always fun when uh all the snowbirds come down and i i love the atmosphere i i will say it will be sad though because huberto's sister will not be singing the canadian national anthem <laughs> and that was that was a great tradition they had but but yes best yeah. best of luck to uh to the canadians too i'm i'm actually really excited to see what marty st louis does with with uh your team he, he looks like you you never know he might he might spark uh <laughs> you know, spark something there that makes it an exciting season. Yeah. You know, there, there's certain things that, you know, any team can, you know, get excited about, um, you know, and, and I think that what Montreal is trying is, is really unique in the sense that they have a coach with very little experience. They have a GM with very little experience. Uh, and, and I, and I think that, you know, the, the things that they're saying are not things you usually see NHL teams say about how they're, teaching and, and things like that. So I think that other organizations will take a, a really big interest in, in what Montreal does, because I think that that's, it's, uh, it's unique and, you know, the NHL is a copycat league, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the concepts that Montreal is doing are te- things that, you know, teams like Tampa and Toronto have done previously. And it's going to be very interesting to see But Yeah. It, hopefully you talk about struggle. Hopefully this season is a lot more, uh, stability for for Montreal than yeah, than last year yeah. last year was, um, but it, yeah, it should be a fun one. Hopefully, it's 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 more fun. You you can have a fun losing season. Uh, and I last agree. Year, yeah, last year you was can. not a fun losing season. Uh, at least until no. Martin Saint Louis was hired, then then it, things got a little bit more fun. Uh, and yeah. that last game yeah. of the season, I don't want to bring it up again, but you know, uh, <laughs> last game of the season was very fun, and and who knows, it might have even been Carey Price's last game. So. Um, hopefully hopefully yeah. not hopefully, yeah, hopefully not. not i think he's such yeah. a he's such a good class classy player you yeah. hate to see what he's going through you hope you yeah. hope that he will get back uh you know but yeah. but yeah it's um yeah last year was interesting especially <laughs> that last game because that was the um i believe one of the um i don't know if it was the last game after gila floor had passed it, it was one of the more yeah they scored 10 yeah games. yeah it, it was it was one of the the first games and and yeah just to have that moment is um was was kind of I, I don't want to say eerie but it was it was it was fitting i would say it was, it was a touch, yeah yeah no I, I i i don't think there was any you know you say oh i'm i don't want to keep bringing it up but no in all seriousness like <laughs> yeah. you know it's you you respect the best you and the Canadians are the Canadians and <laughs> you know when something like that happens I I think that's perfectly okay I think I think that the city needed it and the the fans needed it and um you know good good for you guys and I I hope that um you know I, again I I hope we see a really exciting Atlantic division because I I do agree it's it's yeah. there's some great talent some uh you know you'll have some good rivalries <laughs> there uh, a lot of teams that are on the the rise, um, so yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's going to be a really fun season. Yeah, it, it's like when I, I, when uh, the Canadians were in Florida for Roberto Luongo night, and, and the mm. Panthers won that game. Exactly, you, you just kind of tip your hat and say, okay, you know what, it, it's one of eighty two. We'll we'll move on, and uh, it, it is fitting to to win those kinds of games, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think uh, hockey's got a really great. Um, I say just, hockey is great at at really recognizing its past and mm-hmm. its history, and I I think yeah I I, I agree yeah you you got to have those moments and um um it, I'm in, in a way I'm glad it worked out for the Canadians because <laughs> Gila Fleur is just epic 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 
so um, very, very, very deserving. The, the, the fans deserve that. Um, the team deserves that opportunity. So yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Thanks. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.